Welcome, everybody, to the NPCs podcast and the weekly news roundup. For the week of May 27th, 2023, here is what's making headlines. PlayStation Showcase Recap. Microsoft appeals UK's CMA ruling on Activision Blizzard King acquisition. And the Xbox Summer Showcase reveal list may have leaked. My name is Travis Sherman, and as always, for the Weekly News Roundup, I am joined by Kyle Inman. Kyle, hello. Hello, what is up? Dude. It's actually a great question. I'm not sure anymore. I know the kid has been nuts playing Tears of the Kingdom as of late. So, of course, I've seen quite a bit on the story front. I've seen quite a bit on the, the building front. Well, he's very adamant that he doesn't want to build anything right now. Like, he's he's... He doesn't feel like he's very coordinated to build some of these things that we keep on seeing in TikToks, like the like the people who build the siege weapons or the A10 Warthog, or um, oh gosh, what else have I seen? I've seen what about build- that torture what? chamber? Yes, they, that, there's that as well yeah. too. Yeah, the torture chamber. Yeah, um, he has not done any of the um, any of the Korok torture yet, though. Like, fortunately, he has not <laughs> crucified a Korok yet. So, I'm grateful for that, but. That's kind of what's been going on. Um, besides that, what about you? Oh man, I uh, I actually picked up a bolt gun here uh, over the the last week, and like an actual I don't bolt know, gun or the game bolt gun? No, the the Warhammer 40 k bolt gun, and oh man, what a blast from the past! Definitely a boomer shooter, but if you if you were ever into like classic doom specifically like doom 64 is what it's reminiscent of. But of course you've got your jump and you've got extra abilities. You've got like a charge ability and you've got your, your chainsaw sword. Uh, but man, it just, it fills that niche. And every time you end a level, it does like the end of level screen where, you know, it, it draw drops down and it, you know, gives you your score, your time, number of secrets. And very nice. It's just really cool. And just the way it plays, it's, it's one of those let off some steam or just have a blast. It, and some of the animations are just so funny the way they play out, but it, it's a great game. It, it if you if you get a chance, you need to check it out. All right, I'll add that to my list on top of uh, oh, I don't know, actually trying to beat Cyberpunk and Grand Theft Auto Five and oh, Elden man, Ring. Oh man, I forgot. And every yeah, let, let me just go ahead and scroll through my Steam library really quick, Kyle, and and see exactly where I've left off on all of this. Especially as oh, I keep God. on putting more hours into CS:GO as well too. So yeah, I, I, I have mine organized by uh, play date. And I look at the even the recent month, and I'm like, wow, I uh, I've played like three of these games, and a bunch of them are new. And I look at the previous month, and I think I've played less than that for the previous month. So I don't know what my problem is, but I need to play some of these other ones. <laughs> no kidding. Well, speaking of playing games, let's get right into it in the news then here, because there's a lot of things that uh, Sony is trying to make us play, and of course that oh, yeah. all comes down to the PlayStation Showcase. That's right. So uh, on Wednesday, the twenty fourth. Uh, Sony and PlayStation decided to have a showcase of all the games that are starting to come out here soon. And so, of course, uh, we had to catch everything, of course, secondhand here because, you know, we're, we're busy individuals here. We can't dedicate all of our time to games, but we do the best we can so we can talk about it and give our opinions on what was announced, though, too. So thanks, of course, to the PlayStation blog here for out like uh, laying out some of the recap stuff here that we can go through as well. So we're going to kind of go through here on the list of what they have and work down. But of course, this isn't in the order of what was revealed in the actual live stream. So. Going through the list here at the very start, we heard rumors about this, of course, though, but they decided to go ahead and throw this out there now, is what they call Project Q. And this is their foray back into the handheld world, but not really. They We talked about this in a newscast um, several months ago, and it looks like what uh, Jeff Grubb over from, uh, uh, where is he at? Is he at Games Rant? What what's the actual uh, group that he's with besides Giant Bomb? Oh, um, is it Games? I, I think it's Games Rant. No, um, shoot. 
let's see. I can tell you real quick. He is with... Oh, man. Why am I not finding it? But regardless, I think Jeff Grubb's out yeah. there anyway. If you find it, you find it. Um, but this device itself is a uh, basically an 8-inch tablet. Venture Beat. Venture Beat, yeah, and Games Beat. Yeah. Games Beat, yes, yep. that's it. Um, yeah, so this is a 8-inch tablet that has basically been glued between two halves of a DualSense controller. Um of course, with a little bit of button layout difference um, in the partial part towards the middle. But regardless, it's still a dual sense controller nonetheless. The interesting part, though, though, of course, with this is that this device allows you to play your PlayStation 5 games in handheld mode, but it's only allowing you to stream those games over Wi-Fi on your local network using remote play, which means that you shouldn't expect to take this thing with you anytime soon, at least based on the information that they shared. In tandem with physical hardware stuff that they also shared, too, they also shared uh, wireless uh, Bluetooth earbuds uh, that will work. Of course, they're talking PlayStation 5 and PC, but obviously, of course, they're Bluetooth. So your results, of course, are going to be all over the place anyway. You know, use them on anything that supports Bluetooth. I could use them on my iPhone if I wanted to, most likely. Um, but let's talk about this handheld here really quick, Kyle, because we know that the handheld market has been heating up anyway, especially with handhelds that are more in tune with with PC on the go. And of course the switch has been successful with stuff. We know Microsoft and Logitech had that partnership with the, the uh, with their handheld with that gaming handheld. But this on the other hand though, really seems to limit you to being able to play those games a la Wii U uh, like Wii U style, but which is actually what I was going to bring up because it's funny that you say that, um, immediately after the uh, showcase, specifically the showcase for the the Project Q, um, PlayStation fans were taking to Twitter and to blogs and and talking about how PlayStation was taking a step back to basically copy the Wii U. And you know why why are they giving us this this Switch tablet with a uh, a Dual Sense glued to the side of it? And you know just. All, all this nonsense, basically backlash, which I can kind of understand. I mean, when you think about it, we have the ability to stream games from our PlayStation 5 to our phone already. And they've they've got that really sweet uh, partnership with, what is it, uh, Backbone? Yeah, they do. Yeah, so I mean, this this is kind of going out of their way to make an unnecessary device. When I mean, they could have had success with the Vita; they didn't back it. Um, this this is kind of like I, I don't know. I I still hold the. It's another device that they're putting out there not to back. Um, but I I, I guess that's kind of my hot take on it. Uh, I had a hot take on the headphones too, actually, because I'm a big Sony uh, audio fanboy, and. Seeing the headphones kind of makes me worry because I I bought some of the what is it the uh, XM WF or the WF one thousand XM four earbuds and over the recent updates that I've had uh, it actually killed the battery life like oh, I went from four hours of battery life to less than an hour like I one of my earbuds la lasts less than 45 minutes the other one last I believe last check was like 52 minutes and they don't even give a warning anymore they just up and die what the so, hell wow yeah it, and those are like $300 earbuds you know best some of the best noise canceling on the market or as far as active noise canceling some of the best passive noise canceling I've had on earbuds but it really makes me worry about these these really high quality earbuds that they're coming out with that they could put out a firmware update that could just kill the battery life and they won't they won't support it they won't RMA it. Yeah, so that is, I, I don't know. That's a problem. Jeez, yeah, especially if they're if they're already like killing their existing consumer earbuds with these updates and now of course they've got these new ones out which have to be based almost on the same tech. I, I've got to think that you know there could be a concern there. Um, but of course, we've seen Sony's foray into into wireless, like Bluetooth headsets, like what we're mm -hmm. wearing right now. But 
you know, and I don't think there's ever been a problem with those. I think those have always been highly rated. But earbuds, of course, though, you run into that problem with with not only their size, but then, of course, the amount of battery that they're going to have in the first place. Now it's like, okay, you can at least take them out and recharge them again really quick with the the standalone uh, battery case that they'll have, too. But, yeah, that definitely is a concern. Now, yeah. On the on just, the handheld, I worry though. about those peripherals that they put out, and they they just don't support, or they they support poorly. Yeah, that's a damn shame to think about. But and on on yeah, the handheld that though, the Q light or the yeah. Project Q. Yeah, on the handheld though, what I'm really more concerned about is is a couple things. Is one, what else is it going to do? Like, what else is it going to be capable of? Are they going to potentially include PlayStation Now stuff in there? So instead of streaming PS5 games to the the handheld can you actually take it and use it over wi-fi wherever you're at to play other games via playstation now um what's the battery life going to actually be like like are the batteries buried in the dual sense controller to kind of or power both of it it looks like the tablet itself is actually pretty thin so i've got to imagine yeah. maybe more batteries in there because they want their gamers to be on their platform longer so it's like make the battery work better um but then the other part is price. Like we saw that the uh, the PlayStation VR two was fifty to one hundred dollars more than the standalone PlayStation five itself. Mm-hmm. What's this going to be priced at? I mean, if this thing is at least three hundred dollars, that's probably going to be an issue. See, and I I see a lot of people saying that they're they're thinking one hundred and fifty, but I I'm thinking like two fifty three. And I, I don't see a way around it with that big tablet and with, you know, some of the specs that it's supposed to be boasting and have, having the features of the DualSense tied into it. I mean, a DualSense controller already is, what, 80 bucks? So yeah, I, I, you're, you're tying in a, a base controller that's almost $100 to a tablet that's probably $200. You're looking at 250 to $300. And I mean, your your best bet, I, I still think that there is a market for, for second screen technology in games. I think that's a really cool feature. It's something that people missed out on with the Wii U, and I really enjoyed with the Wii U, actually, um, just having access you know, to my inventory on a second screen, I could do re- stuff real quick without having to access a secondary menu. But this isn't what we're talking about here. And it, it makes me worry that, you know, they might not even look at that as an option for it. Yeah, that's I, I that's why it's like I'm asking about the functionality really more than anything is because it's like what like what else is it going to offer? I mean, streaming PlayStation 5 games locally to this thing might be good for some people, but I can't imagine it actually fitting the the player base like across the board. Like there's definitely some sort of target demographic that they're aiming for this right now, but it's going to underlie like what's going to be underlying here with all this is what it, what else it does. And of course we know that Sony with their uh, Xperia line has put out phones and tablets running Android. So we've got to imagine that this thing is probably an Android tablet in some way, shape or form. Um, Otherwise, if it's not able to do much anything else, I I just don't know. Although, if it is an Android tablet and it's it's more primed to be used with the PlayStation 5 for the remote play, mm-hmm. that's great. But I would still find it funny if someone put Xbox game streaming on it and we're playing Xbox games on it, though, instead. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, it just would be funny just to me is like just to actually see somebody take the effort to to bring the thing on unless Sony in their their infinitesimal power, of course, to really piss off everybody that they lock out the ability to do that stuff or they find a way to to pare it down to being some low quality thing. And then, of course, you know, we get into all the chaos talking about the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft and how they're treating things. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, look at what Sony's doing. I know I'm talking way out there in the weeds, though. I'm I'm throwing all this out there. I just what I'm more concerned about, though, is like who exactly they're targeting with this and what this thing can do. Like, what's the proposition value going to be here? My my last worry too is we we already have problems with the uh, battery life of the DualSense controller and players complaining about that. Uh, the battery life is even worse on the the. I don't even remember what their dual sense is that there is their pro version or whatever. Uh, but you're talking their one, on, the, 
you're talking the one that you can take apart and change out the bits on, right? Correct. Yeah, that right. Yeah, that one is actually got a uh, worse battery life. I think almost by like an hour. Right, and so I mean, what what kind of battery life can we be looking at on this thing? I mean, you're powering yeah. a tablet and a controller at the same time, and you're already worrying about like what a f- four to eight hour battery life. You're gonna play on it for two hours and have to plug it in. Yeah, that, I it, yeah, especially yeah. like. That doesn't bode well. Right, right. That's where it's like, what I find interesting too is that, of course, um, you made mention of it uh, earlier on there was about the backbone. Like, we already had the iPhone version of the backbone that was the PlayStation edition. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, of course, they also announced that there is a version uh, for Android, though, too. So that way it's got the same button layout as the iPhone version does, but it's got a USB Type-C connection on the bottom. So now you can plug it in and go with it on your uh your android device which in reality it's like i get what the features are with the dual sense but doesn't it feel like that offers a little bit more value though in the sense that you can stick with the device you already have instead of having to go buy a second one to do something that that first one can probably take care of with little fuss yeah yeah and the the other thing is not o- not everyone has the latency in their household, e- even just over Wi-Fi, to play games great. I mean, even on the NVIDIA Shield, in current Wi-Fi, you can't play some of the fast-paced games like at 100%. It just doesn't mm-hmm. work. No. You're going to be playing a lot of single-player games, or if you're playing multiplayer, you're probably playing slower or turn-based games. I would think so. so like, I don't I know. like anything that's going to be like a first person shooter or like a first person shooter multiplayer title. I see difficulty with that being successful mm-hmm. unless they figured out what the latency is. But I mean, who knows? Maybe with uh, maybe with Sony doing stuff with their their cloud service because they they have announced that you know they're working on their own cloud service. It could potentially be a gateway into that, and maybe there there'll be an update. Or if it is an Android style tablet that does have access to other applications, uh, maybe or maybe even just uh, Sony locked applications that potentially you'll have uh, access to just the Sony cloud through it. Potentially, but you know, I I, I hate to I, I hate to kind of just to to rag on it and just basically like try to pick out all the the negative things here. I mean, it does look great. Like I think everything looks really streamlined on it at least for the the render that they showed off in the trailer. I think it looks great as a potential value especially if they do start to offer more games in the future that have those dual screen uh technologies built into it. Uh like especially you have that mini map on the on the lower screen or you're playing some mm-hmm. sort of shooter that allows you some sort of like tactical map beneath to call in different things. You know, I see the value in it because you're right. Like the Wii U had stuff built into it too, and of course, things like the the DS uh, line from Nintendo also offered that same level of uh, configurability when it came to some of those games that came out as well. Um, so I, I, you know, I'll give it a grain of salt here. You know, like or at least I'll take it with a grain of salt in the fact that it's like I'm concerned about what it's going to cost and what the capabilities are of it. But at the same time, you know, I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt to see what it can actually do. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. But that wasn't it, though, of course, with what was in the actual showcase. It wasn't a whole hour, like an hour-ish long, just talking about Project Q. No, that one came up towards the very end, of course. We did have games that were also talked about, too, Kyle. So, of course, yeah. we got the announcement of the remaster of Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater. It's now being known as Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater instead of Metal Gear Solid 3. But obviously, a triangle has three sides, so take it as you will. Um, but we also did get an in tandem announcement of the Metal Gear Solid collection, which is going to be Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and the original 3 coming out in a pack so that you'll be able to play through all of Snake's adventures at least through the course of, uh, you know, from 1 through 3, which is kind of cool. I like 2. 2 is my favorite which, by far. Which is kind of ironic because they, they titled it Volume 1 or Collection 1, which means that we could potentially be getting other collections later on depending on how well it'll do uh but the thing that i'm really excited about for the collection 
is uh, Metal Gear Solid 1 will be packaged with um, the VR missions. All the VR missions that were included in the uh, Xbox 360 and PlayStation uh, 3 version of Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, will be packaged in with it, and all the extra content that they've ever released for mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater, um, I guess, is going to be packaged in. And they're using the original voice actor. Um, so, Hater. yes, yep. So That's we will exactly be getting the actual original Snake. But being is that there, this is Volume One or Collection One. I'm almost thinking that Collection 2, if they do a Collection 2, depending on how well it does and whatnot, um, we know how Konami can be. Um, I could see it uh, probably being like a uh, big boss collection. So maybe getting uh, like the Peace Walker stuff that was on Vita, all all of that with uh, the... um, Oh shoot! What was the one that that led up to f- uh, five? Uh, Everyone was really mad about it because you could technically beat the game in like thirty minutes. Oh, but I can't probably, remember. Yeah, probably that and the the Peace Walker stuff. I imagine, but um, I'm I'm just really excited to get all the uh, all the Metal Gear content back on one console, and it'll be on Steam. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Yeah, I'm excited for it, too. Uh, Carrying on, of course, though, um, Bungie decided to surprise everybody, not necessarily with more Destiny news, which they did have as well. Uh, They are bringing back their original title, Marathon. Uh, They did debut a cinematic trailer for it, though, in the event, um, and it's going to be a sci-fi PvP extraction shooter. So I imagine it's going to have some of that same... Uh, quirkiness that uh, DMZ does in Modern Warfare 2 right now. Um, So they did actually show off who some of the characters are. They're known as runners. And what it showed off, of course, in the cinematic sense is that it gave me vibes before you even saw the Bungie logo. It gave me more vibes like out of a Konami Kojima style game with the way that like these, these characters were being built. Like they showed these cybernetic uh, caterpillars that were basically like weaving like this this cybernetic muscle onto a robotic body or what have you. And it, it seems like, of course, that, you know, obviously cybernetic mercenaries, it's right there in the name. Um, it, it looks really cool for cinematic sake, but until, of course, it drops, it's going to be um, obviously, of course, you know, um, it looks great on paper, but until it's actually delivered, we're not really sure exactly what to expect, but Hey, the fact though, that Bungie's releasing something that's not destiny related is kind of cool. And the fact that they're going back to their roots with uh marathon in the first place though, that's also really neat. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, especially yeah. since, you know, marathon hasn't been around. I think uh, the original uh, marathon originally released in what, 1996 or something like that. It so, was way old. Yeah. It's been a hot minute, but on the, the flip side though, they are bringing uh, to an end uh, a, the decade-long uh, Destiny. So finally, yeah. Um, of course, uh, they did have a cameo with the popular character Cade Six, um, which I guess Nathan Fillion. Uh, will be reprising his role, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he will. Um, he actually put out yeah. a TikTok about it as well, too, saying it was glad to be oh, back. Oh, did he? And at the same time, well, he put that out, and he said he was like, you know, it's been a long time, glad to be back. But at the same time, what really got me is I was like, because I hadn't seen the the Cade 6 part originally, um, I thought it was like, oh, come on, Firefly? Really? And then I was like, you know, I got myself all excited. But then, of course, it shows a little uh, Funko Pop figure of Kate Six. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. You guys have it. Yeah, but I, Nathan Fillion's uh, always enjoyed working on the, the games. And he, he's a gamer himself. So it's, it's cool that he's excited True. to re- reprise his role. So. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to be talking about that in their own showcase for Destiny 2 on August 22nd. So... I guess be on the lookout for that. And of course, when that comes up, we'll talk about it as well, too. I guess. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So moving on, of course, we got Street Fighter 6 stuff as well, which I 
was a little curious about more than anything because, of course, they talked about you being able to make your own character that, you know, they introduced um, a new character. But what actually got me a little bit more curious here is this um, this new mode here called Your Story or basically this world tour. Um, and what it has you doing, apparently, though, according to the way the uh, the trailer played out, it seems like you will actually be visiting with... Uh, original Street Fighter characters, um, and you'll actually be learning from them. So it looks like what will be happening is that you'll be kind of going through a trials and tribulations across the world, learning all these different movesets and, and abilities and attributes from all of the different Street Fighter characters that have been out since day one. That, that might be actually kind of cool. Um, kind of, I don't know, almost reminiscent of like a, a soul caliber scenario as far as like a story. Yeah. It looks like there's definitely story to it. Like they, yeah, it's not like they went out of their way to exactly explain like what the story could have been. Um, but they definitely did have some training montages with E Honda, um, with, uh, with Chun Li, um, who else was there? Zangief, you know, and it wasn't just your character though, either. It seems like, um, it seems like they showed off, you know, the, the character here that's pictured in the trailer image, but they uh, had a bunch of other characters around that seemed to be trying to also learn from, like, example, in one section was, like, Chun-Li was trying to teach some poses or something like to, that, too, like, almost like they were, like, like stretching or warming up, and you had all these other these people around who were just failing at being able to do it, except your character who was kind of getting it and figuring it out, you know, albeit with that little bit of struggle there as you're trying to learn something new. But yeah, I like the idea, though, of this story part there where you can, I guess, maybe build up your character and learn all these different fighting styles to make your own. Uh, that actually ends up being pretty cool, especially if it does end up being that way. But it definitely was more of a story focused instead of actually watching real in-game combat. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um kind of blow through the rest of the stuff here. I know one of the big ones that people were waiting to hear about was Spider-Man 2. Uh, so Spider-Man 2 definitely did kick off with the introduction of the uh, symbiote suit. So Peter Parker will, of course, be getting infected by the symbiote. And they, they showed that basically as the key thing through all this trailer. Uh, but they also, and the trailer was gameplay specific too. Um, the uh, big baddie is, um, oh my gosh, uh, what's his name? The uh, wild man. I don't want to say Kane. Um, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting his name already right now? Um Oh my gosh! Why am I forgetting his name here? Let's see if I can get it here from the uh, oh, Craven. Craven. God, I had to go oh. back to this other article here. Yeah, Craven is the big baddie in this game, so you get introduced to him at the beginning. Uh, but what they're doing now, though, is they're actually bridging between the uh, between Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales, and this will allow you to switch between the two characters in the game, a la Grand Theft Auto V. So that means that instead of releasing two separate games, you'll actually have Miles Morales and Peter Parker in the same game uh, being able to be switched between by the player when they so choose. And of course, the game goes through a bunch of the different um, new movesets, different effects, different abilities, and that all while chasing down Doc Connors when he's in his croc form. Right. And of course, uh, unfortunately, it was announced before the uh, showcase that it will be a single player game only. Yeah, which I think uh, but, is probably fine. Yeah, well, I'm I, I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, both uh, Marvel Spider-Man and uh, Miles Morales were both extremely successful games, and I I thought the uh, DLCs for the first Spider-Man game were just excellent. So I I'm I'm sure that it'll be able to stand on its own as a single player game. I and Naughty Dog's known for for their single player gameplay anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on from that, um, they they did introduce uh, Fair Games, uh, which is going to be a competitive heist uh, multiplayer game coming to PS5 and PC, uh, kind of in the vein of uh, Payday. But I, I don't know; it almost seemed to have like more more acrobatics. Um, I I don't even know what to but compare. But it's going to be it's going to be like Payday, but it's going to be more like you're going to have multiple teams that are going after the same right the same right. treasure trove or 
or valuable thing or what have you. And it looks like there's going to be ways to it doesn't even necessarily look like you're going to be like killing each other per se. It looks like more of the goal is just to incapacitate, to get ahead of them. If there is any sort right. of death or anything like that, then Hey, so be it. But what they showed in the trailer was more specifically the ability to just incapacitate through different means other than just straight up like shooting. I know there was one part where one team was shooting at the other, but uh, it definitely looked like maybe you could build out your team to handle different approaches instead. Like maybe you're a, you're a group of, um, you're a group of of thieves who do rely on more of that defensive capability instead that it's like we'll we'll take yeah. them down but we're not going to kill them or of course you got the ability to build out a a a killing machine if you wanted to out of a group kind of a pvpve situation but more emphasis on the pve situation yeah yeah especially um, they also showed off Helldivers 2, which I'd never even heard of the first Helldivers, but it seems more akin to like a goofier version of Starship Troopers. Eh, kind of. I want to say the first one was like a top-down game. Um, okay. I watched a video on it <laughs> Okay, many years ago, so I, I couldn't say much on that one. Yeah, uh, there wasn't really anything shown off on this next one. It's a uh, PvP multiplayer first-person shooter uh, that's coming from Firewalk Studios, also going to PS5 and PC, known as Concord. Um, Very brief CG trailer. Yeah, really nothing that actually shows like what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, next bit, of course, Kyle. I know you're going to be excited about this as well, Ooh, too. However, Alan Wake 2. However, it's going to depend on where it launches because, of course, of all the things we you know know about Alan Wake that you know we definitely saw Alan Wake as being a popular title on the Xbox 360. So... Like Alan Wake 2 heading over to the PlayStation 5, hopefully that's not where it's going to start off at. Well, I want to say his original de- uh, debut announcement trailer um, was during an Xbox showcase. So I, I think it'll be a multi-console release. The original game, uh, when it first released, was an Xbox exclusive and then released on other consoles. But... Um, I think this one will be a multi-console release. I'll be playing it on PC. Um, Same for for the graphics, of course. But um, I don't know that that's that's where I've got got the previous version uh, when I rebought it. That I I've been playing through that again. So and that's where I've got the 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 furthest completion in, in control. So I'll be playing on PC. <laughs> there you go. Uh, next one up, of course, we got a. Uh gameplay look at Assassin's Creed Mirage, which that one actually looks like it's definitely going back to its roots with Assassin's Creed. I know that's been the objective Thank for God. Ubisoft because of the way things have really kind of split off into left field with the Assassin's Creed games. Uh, the way that this gameplay looked, the way that the the motions and the fluidity of things were going, this definitely looks more like you're going to be feeling like you're playing Assassin's Creed 1 or even 2 all over again at least in regards to the actual capabilities of things. It doesn't seem really too far out there to, to you know, it's not going to stray away from what Assassin's Creed has already built so far, but it's not going to go so out there that you're going to, you know, it's going to feel refreshing to kind of go back to the roots. I'm excited to go back to the roots on that one. I actually miss the style of the first few games and how tight they were. Um, so I think it'll be exciting to not have a giant area to wander around in and be a more focused gameplay. Um, but after that, um, we did get the first uh, trailer for Dragon's Dogma 2, uh, which was Capcom reminding us that it is, in fact, still coming out. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, because I remember, uh, I think, what, picking that up a or Dragon's Dark Dogma Dark Arisen uh, like over a year ago uh, when they announced that it was going to be coming out um, and figured it it might be about time that uh, we actually go through it. So, Yeah, no kidding. Um, We also got uh, a new Final Fantasy 16 trailer as well, which funny enough, of course, I don't think we mentioned this, but I think it was either last week or the week before. Um, that they're actually thinking about dropping the numbering scheme from Final Fantasy because it's getting players confused or newer players in wondering if they should start with Final Fantasy 1 and work their way up to 16 or the if they're okay to yes. hop in. <laughs> Don't do that to people, Kyle. That's not fair. That's not fair. 
Uh, trailer, of course, very heavy hitting on things, <laughs> though. It's it's hard to explain anything with um, with Final Fantasy in general when, of course, a trailer drops. So just go watch it. Um, yeah, I do want to talk about. And this we got one. Splatoon. I mean, Foam Masters. <laughs> exactly. It's, <laughs> it's 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 Splatoon meets Overwatch meets soap, and it's literally called Foam Stars because literally that's what the that's what the the gist is here is that literally they're all shooting some sort of bubble type weaponry, and it has that exact same vibe like uh, like you said there like. Um, uh, Splatoon, where you're kind of like covering the entire playing field. But the goal, unlike Splatoon, is that you're not covering the entire playing field and like, you know, you're trying to get everything to one color. It's literally just like foam is the the part of the combat. Yeah, but I mean, the paint's part of the combat in Splatoon, too. I know it is, but I'm so. just saying like you don't have to cover the entire area in soap to be able to win, it looks like. It looks like that's just another element to it. Maybe. Um, the, the thing that I, I think I'm kind of interesting or interested in seeing with the uh foam stars is the fact that the foam actually changes the terrain so if you build up foam and maybe build like a half pipe you can all, all of a sudden use like a half pipe to your advantage so that'll that might be an interesting aspect but it being a playstation uh exclusive game um or at least and only announced for the ps5 and ps4 if Sony doesn't like it, or if it doesn't do well after the first year, they'll just shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Um, let's see here. What else do we got? We've got um, kind of blow Some through new the characters next for Brit Grand Blue Fantasy um, Relink. Yeah, we got Immortals yeah. of Avium. Um, we've also got Tower of Fantasy, an immersive cyberpunk open world RPG, coming out this summer. Hooray! Uh, let's talk VR stuff though here really quick too. Let's get these ones out here. Um, we have got, uh, obviously of course, Beat Saber and that actually launched on the 24th. So if you've got a PSVR two, congrats, you can now play Beat Saber again for like the fifth time. Yeah. Again, you know, um, that's out, but they also released a queen music pack for it though as well. So if you want to play, don't stop me now, then like the trailer showed, go for it. Uh, we also got a uh, first look at a PSVR uh, 2 footage of the Resident Evil 4 VR mode. Um, that was the new Resident Evil, if I'm not mistaken. That's the one that came out on the Quest. Oh, so it's not. And so okay, this is, so. yeah, so this is basically the exclusivity now being dead and moving on to other VR gotcha. platforms. Um, and then after that, um, we got our first look at Arizona Sunshine 2, which was the PlayStation exclusive. Um, I might have only been exclusive for a little while, uh, but it was their first person zombie shooter game, uh, zombie survival game that yeah. we'll be getting a sequel to. And it seems like some of the goofiness in there almost reminded me, especially watching that trailer, because I hadn't seen the first one before, or if I have, I can't remember it. But it seemed almost akin to uh, Dead Rising, in some of the oh, yeah. in some of the goofiness. Like not necessarily like all of it, but some of it. It, I I don't recall the the first game all that well because all I've seen is gameplay and trailers. I mean, it and it was very early gameplay, so I recall it being very tense. But beyond that, uh, going forward in the game, I don't know if it got goofy or not. Hmm. Uh, but of course, then we uh, got the reveal of Crossfire Sierra Squad, um, and a announcement of Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted Two um, hiring again on PSVR, and with the final announcement being the immersive uh, action shooter Synapse coming out actually on July fourth. So we. PlayStation isn't necessarily abandoning abandoning the VR yet. <laughs> Thank God for that, right? I guess. Right. But of course, um, we did also get some uh, PlayStation Indies announced in the showcase. Uh, one that I was kind of excited about uh, because I, I enjoyed the first game. Didn't complete it, but I, I talked about it a lot. Um, we're getting a sequel to Ghost Runner with Ghost Runner 2. Uh, so if you like the uh, Hotline Miami one-off uh, shooters, but in a first-person, uh, just 
crazy wall-running manner. Um, this will be your second go at it. And then, of course, we did get a fresh look at the uh, Plucky Squire. Another reminder good. that it, it is still coming out. And, yeah, I agree. I am so excited about that one. Uh, just the, the whole storybook aspect. I remember when it was announced that... Um, I, I wasn't quite sure what to feel about it, but then it jumps off the page and you're like, okay, we're on to something. <laughs> yeah, that's why I like it. I know the kids are going to like it. Yeah. Too. Um, Let's see. Uh, Sword of the Sea was announced from Giant Squid. And then Teardown is going to be released for PS5 uh, later this year. Yeah, the, the uh, PC game is now going to be making its way over to PS5. So if you want to destroy pixel brick stuff and that too, you know, then, Hey, you can do that now as well. Heck yeah. Hooray. Uh, we did get the reveal of a cat quest game, uh, cat quest pirates, of the Caribbean. It actually looks uh, really to... adorable. I, the cat quest games are kind of cool. Um, that one's coming to PS five and PS four next year. And then they also introduced Neva, um, a new game from the developer of Gris or Greece. I don't know how you pronounce I think it's it. Greece. But... Okay. Um, and there so wasn't really if... anything shown in there. It was mostly just a trailer in that too, at least in, you know, but it was very cinematic, very colorful, and definitely was, I think for anybody who's fans of any of the Miyazaki films, more specifically like uh, Princess Mononoke, for example, it gives it gives some vibes there, but it is really good overall though. Yeah, and and Greece was very much in the same vein as as far as like playfulness with the color and uh, I don't know creating tension uh, using color and music. So it'll it'll be cool to see what what they come up with uh, out of the the Neva game. Uh, beyond that, um, we got Welcome to Revenant Hill, um, where you become a witch um i didn't actually see the trailer for that one so the, the way the trailer goes across there is that you were actually just it, it's um yeah you're playing as a cat uh cat's name apparently is twigs and it actually shows you kind of like running around it's definitely more of a like it's got some um activities to it itself as you're moving around but there's definitely some puzzle based stuff in there some interactive things, but it's not like you're kind of going out of the way on uh, on what you're doing. What was the what was the game that came out about the the kid who had come back to town after like you know leaving for a while, coming back, and uh, oh god, he's getting into all these hijinks around there. But it was more of a story based, like walking around, talking with people that you used to go to school with. Um, I'm trying to think of how else to describe it here. That game itself, but anyway. Um, yeah, Revenant Hill definitely seems more story based for sure. And you're going around talking just with different people there to, uh, I guess, build yourself up to become a witch potentially. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, we've got the announcement for Towers of, um, Agshba. I don't know. Um, Another one that I, I must have missed the uh, trailer for because I was actually more excited about the next announcement. Um, we're getting a Talos Principle 2 um, coming to PS5. Um, so if you're into mind-bending puzzles um, that I, I don't know if I'd necessarily put them in necessarily the same vein as Portal, but I don't know, just... Great, great puzzles, and oh man, just some of the quandary that it puts you into. It just, it, it it's crazy. Um, I, I, I'm excited for that one though. Mm-hmm. I think that one looks pretty and, cool. Yeah, and then the last announcement was Ultros, um, a psychedelic sci-fi side scroller. Uh, that will be hitting PS5 and PS4 in 2024. This one definitely looks up your alley, though, Kyle. Like, that trailer itself, if you haven't had a chance to watch, definitely seems like... Um, it definitely seems like it's up your alley with that side-scrolling and with that type of adventure that you would probably enjoy this quite a bit. Yeah, I'm actually looking at um, the, the, the link right now for it, and they have, like, a little uh, GIF image. And, yeah... Um, 
as far as like definitely very similar to I'd say like a Castlevania or maybe even a Dead Cells uh, combat, especially with the pacing of the combat. I I wouldn't mm-hmm. say more Dead Cells, uh, but I I think this could be a cool one. Um, very bright, but some of the I guess environments and creatures uh, look almost Lovecraftian. So could be a very interesting one to say the least. Yeah, I agree there for sure. I'm trying to get the title of another one here for you. There, yeah, it is. like Lovecraftian meets a uh, future sci-fi. So. Yeah, and then of course very all the bizarre. bright colors. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So one game that's not actually here in the links that they put up on their blog here talking about, which I'm surprised about, but it was in the showcase is Phantom Blade Zero. And I don't know if this was a another game there or something like that, like existed elsewhere, but Phantom Blade is a uh, hack and slash game that appears to take place. Like you have to forgive me on the actual script. I can't tell if this is China or Japan, uh, but this game itself is a hack and slash Definitely looks like it's probably China. Um, but yeah, it's a hack and slash oh, title yeah. that takes place in some different form of J- of Japan or, or something else there. But it has almost some type of look like Tenshu in, in some way, like with some of the uh, some of the ridiculous things that are in there. But it's not when you take a first glance at it, you kind of think, oh, could this very well be a, a new Souls type game? But it definitely, yeah. it definitely is not. It's definitely more specifically a hack and slash title uh which you know i gotta say like i've been wanting a tenchu game for a while and if this is going to help fill that gap then so be it yeah it has like i don't know it's almost like a neo-gothic chinese uh style and some of the uh multi-character combat um it, it just looks really cool almost like crouching tiger hidden dragon meets uh ninja gaiden or something Ooh, that's actually a good mix right there yeah i uh, now that you yeah. say ninja gaiden i definitely see that for sure too uh, especially like when he stretches out and he's like attacking a guy with his like a kick and his sword at the same time or mm-hmm. like a punch I, it, it just looks really cool really fluid um it makes me curious if it's gonna be souls like but i i kind of hope it almost leans more into the the ninja gaiden like fast-paced hack and slash you know action game yeah based on the combat that you actually see because the game itself is a mix of cutscene and actual gameplay um it definitely seems more like it's going to be a hack and slash which i I gotta be honest with you i'm all for right now i could use a good hack and slash and i i haven't played like tenchu in forever and the fact that we haven't seen a new tenchu in forever though too this maybe this will help fill that gap a little bit but i could die for a new tenchu game yeah yeah but that is everything, of course, out of the PlayStation Showcase. Of course, all the trailers are going to be in the link on the show notes here. So if you guys want to go and take a look at all those different trailers, by all means, go check them out. Go be as surprised as we are at some of these things. And, of course, we'd like to hear your opinion on Project Q as well. But in the meantime, we're going to move on to our next story on the list here. And that is about Microsoft and its appeal with the UK's CMA. Uh, they went ahead and appealed the uh, the decision to block the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft and uh, stating they had uh, in their appeal said uh, the regulator overestimates the role of cloud streaming. So here's kind of a, a list of the grounds that they put out here in their um, appeal. <coughs> Uh, first off, of course, they say that the CMA made errors in assessing Microsoft's position in cloud gaming services by, quote unquote, failing to take account of constraints from native gaming. Uh, CMA failed to take into account of three long term commercial agreements Microsoft has entered into with cloud gaming providers. Uh, that Activision would have likely made its games available on cloud services without the merger was irrational and arrived in a particularly or procedurally unfair manner. Uh, the claim that Microsoft would have the ability and incentive to foreclose rival cloud gaming services by withholding access to Activision games was, un- was unlawful. And then they said, overall, the CMA's decision was a breach of its common law duty of fairness and its own remedies guidance. Um, apparently, though, yeah, they, they basically put out the appeal um, on the heels of the EU, China, uh, Japan, and multiple other countries basically saying yes. Um but Kyle, one interesting thing that's not in this article we have linked here is that um, 
it was actually discovered that one of the members of the CMA originally used to work for a law office that specifically took care of Sony and PlayStation stuff at one point in time, leading yeah. to a potential like uh, potential uh, uh, conflict of interest here. So I know the article doesn't talk about that, and that was mentioned somewhere else too. But, I mean, we knew the appeal was coming. Because, of course, we're seeing all these other regulators that are basically putting their stamp on it saying, hey, we have no – we have a couple concerns maybe here or there, but we don't see any problems. Of course, the EU had a laundry list, which Microsoft is like, okay, this stuff is already in the works anyway, so good there. So what what are your thoughts on these new revelations on things, not only with the appeal stuff, but with that uh, that one person on the CMA who used to be a lawyer basically for Sony? Well, I think right now with the uh, stance that that Microsoft has taken um, and and the claims that they have made against the CMA, I think they have a lot of ammo already. Uh, But the fact that they've that someone's managed to dig up dirt that this uh, person that that may or may not be um, employed or working with the CMA um, specifically on the, the Blizzard Activision case and blocking the blizzard activision merger uh with microsoft i think it might be the last nail in the coffin for the cma to say you know we can't our hands are tied we've got to let this happen um because that I, i i i don't know where they would i i guess have or or be in in the the legal right here, I I guess is what I'm trying to get out. Um, be just because of where where everything else has landed. Um, the fact that yeah. so many other regulators have have given the okay, and the fact that at, at this point, yeah, pretty much all their claims are false, and now it's turning up that someone in in their midst might be just totally against them uh, against the merger because they worked for Sony. It, it looks bad, so I don't know. It, it it might just fall on the decision that they have to uh, because of all the bad publicity from everything. Yeah, and I mean, we already knew in before anything was actually rendered from the CMA that Jim Ryan had already been out. Jim Ryan, the, uh, the president of PlayStation or CEO of PlayStation, wherever he falls in the chain, had already been out there talking to them. And so whether or not because of these previous relationships and that with PlayStation – that this person on the CMA actually, you know, basically used some of those discussions as sort of that leverage. It's like knowing about what the impact could potentially be or, or even not be and just making things up, you know, that, that's a pretty big accusation to throw out there. And of course, if the evidence is already there, then the CMA may, yeah, you're right, may be in that spot where it's like, we drop the ball here. It's like, here's the person who wrote out our stuff, and it turns out this is the problem. Now we're going to have to go back and do this all over again. That makes the CMA look pretty freaking bad, if you tell me. Right. But, I mean, regardless of that, I, I, I feel like Microsoft does have the the ammunition at this point, uh, with uh, especially the fact that they've gone to the other cloud uh, distributors and said, you know, we're going to provide... Uh, Call of Duty for at least ten years, if not longer. They've they've made deals with other other companies that wouldn't normally have had uh, Call of Duty, and that they're going to be putting out Call of Duty on with with those companies. So I mean, Microsoft has taken the steps. They they've got the evidence there that they're they've taken the steps, and I, I think we're at the point that we're we're just waiting for green lights to 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 go. Yeah. And I guess Microsoft has actually even asked for like, I guess there's some fast tracking on this as well, though, too, talking about like who, um, uh, like, I guess, talking about who's going to be reviewing things here and um, uh, how fast there might be a turnaround on when they may get a response, because obviously we're starting to come up on deadlines. So right. I don't know what's going to even like things are going to look like next, but because of this new fuel on the fire, it's very well could end up being in Microsoft's favor, and we could see the UK end up retracting and and basically Microsoft winning on appeal. And you It'd know, cool. I I hope they do. I hope they do because right at the moment, I I think we're just waiting for 
um the the FTC and and the CMA and and that's it. I think in regards to larger countries, yeah, I think that's what we're waiting on cuz uh Microsoft yeah. even made a note that uh I think I think they said like 37 countries now so far have signed off on this totaling 2 billion people. So that's a pretty big number. Um it is a very large number. Yeah. It is. So now we just got to wait for the appeal process to work its way out. I have a hunch we're going to hear about this probably in about two weeks or so. So just be on the listen in another couple of weeks for our news roundup, of course, and we're, uh, we'll talk about it then. But, of course, we've got to talk about more Xbox news because we have the Xbox Games Showcase coming up here in the next few weeks. Um, and it turns out that a full lineup of the actual event may have already leaked out. However... Take everything with a grain of salt, because this list has a couple things on here which definitely have me wondering whether or not, you know, some of these things are going to come to fruition. So, Kyle, I'm going to hop into just reading the things off this list, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So, they say that we're going to be hearing about this in the showcase. We're going to hear about Avowed, Starfield, Fable, State of Decay 3, Hollow Knight Silksong, Overdose, Everwild, Quake? Hellblade 2, Scalebound, Contraband, Killer Instinct, Wolfenstein 3, Forza Motorsport, Midnight, Fallout New Vegas 2, Halo Tatanka, Halo 3 Anniversary, and Cyberpunk 2077 DLC. Now, this is what's getting people all riled up. There's a couple titles on here. First off, Scalebound. That was the... That was the dragon like adventure RPG game that came out. I think it launched on the Xbox One that a lot of people liked, but didn't actually have enough people behind it to justify a sequel, if I'm right. But apparently it was very popular, though, still. Uh, you also have Fallout New Vegas 2, like a second entry into the Fallout New Vegas line, which, of course, New Vegas is fantastic. It's one of my favorite games. Yeah. Um, there's so a, a lot of good here, games on this yeah, list but then the other one too that throws me off is Quake like uh, a Quake a standalone like Quake entry like a brand new starting off like Quake game would be I, I don't know what to say like we had what was it what was the one that most recently dropped was Quake Champions oh yeah i think so yeah so like could I, this I don't be, recall could this but yeah be a it's, revisit? Been, it's been years ago yeah so could this very well be a revisit back to just the days of yore with just a straight up original quake um or may- maybe yeah could we be getting a, a like just a straight up quake like uh single player game or is this going to be like a quake arena game or i don't know it'd be hard to say um i'm also interested in the the halo tatanka I mean that that's been a name that's been thrown around since the early days of uh, Halo Infinite, um, yeah, and, as being a code word. So yeah, and apparently, like Tatanka, apparently is supposed to be their um, battle royale for Halo, and whether or not this actually ends up being revealed at this point in time is going to be a little crazy, especially because it's being made supposedly by Certain Affinity, who has supported a lot of the uh, Halo releases as of late when it comes to the uh, like Master Chief collection, for example. And then, of course, that's right. interesting enough, they actually list out Halo 3 Anniversary on here, which means that, hey, of course, with the anniversary versions of the Halo games, they've been given a, a, a polish and a spit shine there to make them definitely look uh, newer and, you know, update the graphics in different areas. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility for that one, but that was interesting to see on this list as well. I wonder if that means we're gonna get a uh, some RTX in Halo. Maybe see some uh, some uh, shiny Arbiter. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, a couple things here that are mentioned in this article that we're we're referencing from Game Rant. Um, they go on to, of course, talk about this. You know. Um, they make mention Hollow Knight Silk Song is actually uh, spelled wrong in there. It's actually it's spelled Slick Song instead of Silk Song. Um, of course, Scalebound was originally you know the original one was uh, was released, and then of course um, whatever sequel was potentially planned went away. But of course, it looks like we could see that one coming back though too. Um, 
It says that Forza Motorsport is being made by Playground Games when actually it's being made by Turn 10. Um, and then Midnight has a listing for like a TBA developer on there, which would be weird for this to be a leak out there. Um, of course, they talk about the Battle Royale even not having an official title. It's just in the quotes. And then, of course, Halo 3 Anniversary. Um there's a lot of stuff here, of course. You know, there are things we already know we're going to see. We already know we're going to see stuff for Forza. We already know we're going to see stuff for Star Starfield. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see... Uh, we're going to see stuff actually for Hellblade too, which I'm excited for. But there's definitely other things on here that definitely should lend to that grain of salt that everybody really needs to take. And that grain of salt needs to be about the size of your head. So, Yeah. Go and buy a salt lick from your nearest farm supply store, the one that they make for <laughs> horses and cows, and just go nuts on that one right now because we got a couple weeks. There are some of these things that'd be cool to see, but I, I definitely wonder how much of this could end up being a, a true leak, though. You know? Yeah, it's hard to say. I I mean, some of those titles look legit, but um, until we get the actual. A list of what's going on or you know more more information from microsoft uh saying for certain um i guess we will be waiting till next month yeah like it even says here um like it says that like if you actually expand the image and look at it it says that it was um oh what does that say does that say validated january 11th 2023 yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of room for for stuff to get moved around. I mean, the fables on there. We've only ever seen the one trailer for Fable at this point. We already know that uh, Starfield is going to be a major, major point. So, and we still haven't seen crap for Hollow Knight Sil Silk Song. I would honestly assume that that's going to be showcased at uh, Nintendo Direct, but I could be wrong. Um, so. Yeah, it, it it definitely is just a wait and see. I mean, how how many times before have we have we seen these these fake watermarked images be passed around the internet? So, mm -hmm. yeah, agreed. So, who knows exactly what we could see of this? But hey, I you know, I, I would love to live in the in the world of fantasy for a little bit here and just kind of hope that we see a Fallout New Vegas too. But oh, I, so I don't know. I. Yeah. Oh man. Um, you have no idea. Yeah, I I think I do. Uh, in the meantime, of course, that's the best is... one. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. Uh, but that is it for the main stories we have. Of course, the biggest batch of stuff we had there in the news was talking about the showcase, the PlayStation Showcase recap. So we move on to the last bit of the weekly news roundup, and that is the quest markers with Kyle. Kyle, what do we have in the quest markers this week? So this week, Nintendo Japan will soon stop repairs on the Wii U system. So if you have plans to be playing uh, Wii Sports uh, Golf, don't be stepping on your uh, gamepad anytime soon, uh, especially if you live in Japan, because uh, Nintendo has announced uh, that they are actually ending repairs, stating, uh, quote, we apologize for any inconvenience this may cause to Wii U users and appreciate your understanding. Uh, if you are considering repairing the Wii U console or peripherals, please apply as soon as possible. Wii U, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U. No doubt. And of course, if this is any uh, marker, um, judging by how the uh, Nintendo DS um, repairs went, I would definitely get your system in as soon as possible if you need a repair because uh, I want to say that DS repairs ended in a third of the time that they actually said they were going to uh, just out of parts and other issues that they had uh, ending the service. So um, I could see the, the U.S. following very, very closely by, unfortunately. So that... I think is truly the end of the Wii U era. But moving on to another depressing quest marker of the evening. Womp womp. Hey Travis, would you trade in a limited edition console for another limited edition console? I don't know what limited edition what console that, was it. What if that limited edition console was over 20 years old? 
No. And you were trading it in with an original nest in the box. No. So, a gentleman uh, recently traded in his retro Nintendo's... Uh, mind you, this is a Nintendo 64 Pikachu edition in the original box with his original NES in the original box and a stack of Super NES and 64 games in the original box for $700 cash and a Legend of Zelda Switch. Womp womp. Yeah. Of course, um, after the, the tweet went viral, uh, the game store had posted online, um, the internet lost its mind saying that the guy got ripped off. Um, the game store um, called uh, Hey Bro Video Games in Houston um, had to celebrate the eye, eye-catching find and I guess purchase um, on their Instagram, but it instantly went viral. Um, what's, what's it say right here? Oh, and apparently they, they found a screenshot of an eBay listing of the same Nintendo 64 Pikachu console going for $850. Womp womp. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously this retro video game got definitely got theirs and this guy got had i i feel for the kid but you know if you're done with your video game consoles sometimes it is on time to move on and it you know collecting's not for everyone but dang i would not have traded that for the the switch i would have just spent the money yeah i definitely would have held on to that console as well too especially for the fact of like an original like n64 you know pokemon release one where those are very rare to ever see so hey yeah like but if the dude traded stuff in and he got what he wanted as well as the cash as well too hey more power to him that's the whole point with these retro things is that you either hold on to them and love them which this guy probably did for a while and he realized that he could do this as well too and he made his choice yep yep and you know that's honestly what it comes down to if he was happy then that's all there was to it absolutely maybe another game you know and maybe he he made another gamer happy um when they get to purchase it from this game store for an egregious amount of money But with that being said, that is it for the Quest Markers for this week. And of course, with that being it for the Quest Markers this week, that is it for the Weekly News Roundup for the week of May 27th, 2023. With that, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to this Weekly News Roundup. If you liked what you're listening to, be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, you name it, we are probably on it. However, if you're not sure if your podcast platform is supported, you can go check out our homepage and see where else we're at. That is anchor.fm slash the-npcs-podcast, and you can subscribe to us on there as well, too. With that, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to this week's News Roundup. We will catch you all next week. Laters. Laters.